At a time of deep division in today's society, we must come together for humanity's sake. On Can We Talk 360, we strive to stimulate an authentic conversation on issues that affect all of us in an environment of tolerance. I am Eugene Pettis, attorney and community servant. Tune into our discussion to foster a greater awareness of yourself and others. Let's discover how there is strength in our differences and an abundance of possibilities when we stand together as one humanity. Welcome to Can We Talk 360. I'm excited to have a friend, a fraternity brother, a man of excellence uh, that you will get introduced to and I'm sure will be impressed. Uh, today's episode is called What It Takes to Motivate, How to Become Your Best Self in 2022. Uh, Daryl Hodge has has been on this journey for a number of years, and we were just reflecting before going on air of, of the beginning of his journey. I remember sitting down with him in the office, and he was telling me of what his vision is, and I'm so proud of him to see uh, how he's been blessed on this journey and looking forward to getting into some of the details. He has been what uh, he's come to be known as an ed- edutainer. He, he's an educator by trade. He, he, he was a, uh, I think it was in 1996 or 1996 uh, that he uh, started educating and motivating and inspiring uh, students all over the country. He's been in, invited by various uh, civic and community organizations, by a number of schools. Uh, and he has a little different formula than the typical uh, person that goes and speaks to students. And, and he mixes his formula with hip hop. And I think I wanna hear how, how he came up with that idea and the brilliance of that idea, which has allowed him to really connect. Uh, he responds, he resonates the spirit of an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. Uh, he has ideals that really are, are in both categories. He's an artist. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's authored two books. His most recent book is entitled Life is What You Make It, 22 Principles to Awaken the Creator in You. Uh, that comes out in book, CD, DVD. Uh, and provides both. It's really a multi-generational uh, piece of work. He can touch the students, but even as I was preparing to have this interview with uh, uh, Brother Hodge, I, I I was getting inspired from some of the lessons and the pointers that he he has given. Uh, he, he, his book, Prescription of Success, 17 Principles for Success and Achievement, uh, is insightful, it's applicable, and it's a good read. And I'm sure after we finish this interview, you're going to uh, want to go and get some of his works uh, to be motivated. Uh, Daryl, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'll just call you Daryl, you know, Brother Hodge. Uh, and and uh, uh, I don't think there's a better time to have this conversation than in January. Uh, January, when everybody goes into the new year with new goals, uh, with aspirations of what they can do to be better uh, individual, a better spouse, a better brother, a better sister, whatever it may be, father, mother, uh, all sorts of goals that we have. And, and I know that we start on January 1 with that, uh, and some of them already fallen off the wagon already, uh, you know, uh, because of some of the deficits that you see. So why don't you you tell me, uh, tell us how you got this journey started. What 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 was your initial motivation? You know, and, and thank you for the opportunity, Brother Pettis, to be able to participate in Can We Talk? That was a very, very good song. It still is back in the day. <laughs> Actually, you see a challenge going on on social media. Everybody's singing that song right now. So perfect timing as well. Actually, I, I was looking back at, um. 2002 to 2008, I was in the real estate industry. Did very well, uh, just buying vacant pieces of land and building houses. And somebody said, you know, the market's going to crash. I'm like, no, it's not going to crash. It's been too good. And lo and behold, 2008, the market crashed. 
And when I say what goes up must come down, I came down with it because I had all of my eggs in one basket. And I had about a year to kind of determine the direction that I wanted to move in. And during that time, I went back and started looking at a lot of old pictures from when I was growing up as a youth, you know. And I said to myself, wow, Brother Petty, you know, sometimes you can be so focused on where you're going that you can forget how far you've actually come. Amen. So I said to myself, I'm going to find a way where I can share this information with, with you, parents, and anybody who had a heart to listen, who had a desire to listen. So I said, I'm going to write a book because I know reading is fundamental. And if you're going to succeed, you got to read. But I didn't want to stop there because I know a large part of this younger generation really loves hip hop music. And I'm a music connoisseur myself. So I said to myself, well, I'll take the information and the content within the book and intertwine it within the lyrics. So whether you read the book or you listen to the song, you're still being fed something that is positive. What goes in, come out. So garbage in, garbage out, good in, good out. So if you want the good to come out, you got to make sure you take the time to put the good in. So I said, well, I'm going to create some good music for the auditory learner, write the book because reading is fundamental, and then do some videos for the visual learner. So it's, it's catering to all three learning styles. And I think it's something that's cool as far as from an educational perspective. Hip hop's not going anywhere. It's been here since hip hop to the hip to the hip to the hip hip hop. You know what I mean? This is from way back then. And it's still here. So I said, well, I'm going to utilize that methodology not just to entertain, but to educate. So that's when I came up with the, the, the slogan, Mr. Harsh, because I'm still a teacher. Everybody calls me Mr. Harsh from an educational perspective, the edutainer. So I'm going to educate and entertain simultaneously to be able to bring a little swag to education. And, you know, that was brilliant uh, coming up with uh, edutainer uh, because it's obviously been a huge hit with younger folks in particular. How have, how have they received, uh, do you have any comparison of having tried to talk to them just on dry, you know, auditory, uh, and then comparing what you do now with the music. How do you compare the two? Oh, oftentimes when I when I'm speaking, I I just talk, and then I give them a hot sixteen, and then oh, they wake up, they say oh, so just seeing the reactions because they don't necessarily anticipate or expect me to be able to convey or articulate myself in that manner because it's not the norm. I'm 52 years old and I love rapping. Yeah, I love rapping. You know, that's just something that I like to do. And it's an excellent way of communicating with this generation and even the older generation because you get to a certain age where it's just certain things don't resonate with you anymore. It's just certain things I just don't watch, certain things I don't listen to, certain places I just don't go. But I found that there's a lot of parents who still love hip hop music, but unfortunately there's not a lot of hip-hop music that caters to that generation. So I'm making music now, not just for the kids, but now I'm making good hip-hop music for the parents as well. And it's all centered around self-improvement, verification, positivity, motivation, inspiration, just good music that you can listen to and feel good about. We're all in part the product of our, you know, our education, our environment, our family, uh, all of those type of things that we we're around, and 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 I'm not in education. I've been involved in the school system all of my 36 years as a lawyer here in town. Um, uh, but one of the things, the challenges I see, is that the students are not being enriched at home. It, 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 you know, the, the 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 home, the family structure has been challenged in many instances, broken. We now are multiple generations of that brokenness uh, where the parents are broken. You know, the parents' parents were broken and they're producing children who are going to continue that unfortunate cycle. How do we break ourselves out of that cycle? Uh, uh, what would be your, 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 your recommendations? What would be your formula as to how we break that cycle of, of, not having enough to give your enriched and full life to be successful in whatever your endeavor is? That's a very, very good question. 
Brother Pettis, that's a very, very broad question. And that question has many layers. And there are many layers of answers. It's not a one-dimensional response to be able to address the concern that you just brought forth. It's, it's several. It's, it's, it's almost like, do you remember the now and later? And they came I do. So, a little so, candy when we were children. It's like a bag of Skittles, right? It doesn't have it doesn't have just red. It's it's a bunch of different colors in there. So there's a bunch of different responses and things that need to take place in order to address the concerns that you just brought forth. One is when I look at education uh, holistically, it reminds me of the things that took place in the past. When you think about education, it's all about academics, it's math, science, English, social studies, all of these different subjects. The one thing that we're lacking is character development. See, I can go to school and graduate with a high school diploma, but that does not necessarily constitute me having good character. See, when I look at that word student, it's all about academics, not necessarily the person. What are you before you're a student? You're a person. So I think that we got to implement the necessary things to be able to assist individuals in not just becoming better students and not be so focused on closing the achievement gap. We have to focus on helping these people become better people. The things that you are talking about have nothing really to do with academics. It has to do with the individual. We're not building people. The focal point needs to shift. There needs to be a paradigm shift. And let's look at education not necessarily just from a student perspective, but more so from a person perspective. And I give you an example. What would you think about a coach who only cared about the athlete and didn't care about the student? Would you consider him to be a good coach? No. Right, because he doesn't care about the student. So when you look at that word student, before you're a student, you're a what? A person. person. But we need to be able to come up with content and information that will be able to provide these individuals with the ability to become better people. Maslow's hierarchy of needs talks about the basic and self-actualization. The very top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is self-actualization. What is self-actualization? That's the realization of my full potential. So if we can point individuals to consider, listen, this is where you are. This is your lower self. This is your higher self. Our goal is to get you from where you are to up there to your higher self. So we have to provide them with a vision of how they can become better people and teach them how to tap into their full potential. Everybody comes with a gift. And it is very challenging to be great in an area that you're not gifted in. And we can look at Michael Jordan. He played basketball, he was great, but he played baseball on the minor league and he was below average. Now, how can Michael Jordan, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player to play basketball, not be great at baseball? Easy answer, that's not his gift. So we need to look at education from a different perspective and not just look at it from an academic perspective. Yes, academics is very important, but I wanna understand how to teach these kids. Uh, they need to understand how to find their gift and how to make sure that your academics is aligned with your gift. So that way you can find your greatness. You know, that's such a uh, uh, poignant point, and it's such a challenge in our education system uh, because it's almost a system of mass production. Uh, it, it, the, the recipe is the same. Uh, everybody's studying the exact same book, being taught the exact same way, and my brain doesn't work the same as yours. You know, how I take in information is totally different from the person next to me. But we're being, it's being delivered the same way. And the challenge I've seen in uh, being an outsider looking into the education system is there's very little uh, flexibility to teach people in the manner in which is best for them. Uh, the, the, uh, it's, it's really important that we do that. How have you been able to integrate that type of, of flexibility to the individual uh, in your 
teaching uh, roles? Because I use several different methodologies. Once again, I'm catering to the auditory learner and I'm catering to the visual learner. And I'm keeping it refreshing. See, one of the challenges that I, I find that we have to infuse some energy, excitement, and enthusiasm into education. It can't just be boring, right? Some subjects are boring enough. So if the subject is boring and then you're a boring teacher, then that's just double boring or, or boring square. And you're going to end up with that in the classroom. So the teachers have to find a way. And it's challenging. I was a teacher. I know. But teachers have to find a way to infuse some energy, some excitement, some enthusiasm into education because kids feed off of your energy. If you're in there and in their terms, if you lit, then you can light them up. But if you're not lit, it's dim. It's dark. So you got to come with that energy. Then the creativity. We have to make sure that we are providing lessons that, uh, that have some type of creativity to it. And then one of the most important things, make it relevant. So we're talking about, let's just say, financial literacy. Well, I'm going to use maybe some people that these kids can identify with in the lesson. We'll talk about financial literacy, but we still have people who they can identify with so interesting. Once again, it's like a bag of Skittles, uh, Brother Pettis. There's a lot of different components that need to be infused, but I would say the relevance is very important. The energy, the excitement, and the enthusiasm is very important. And you have to come in and, and, and provide some motivation and inspiration to the kids because teaching the whole model has changed significantly. It's no longer just, I'm going to teach you from this book, the lesson. No, you, you might be a mentor, you're a confidant. You're dealing with all types of social and emotional issues that the children are going through. So it's just not a one-dimensional job description. You're a multitude of different things simultaneously. So I think that when teachers come into the classroom, they're not just teaching science. You're also dealing with family issues. They're dealing with personal issues while simultaneously trying to get these individuals to understand, listen, I want you to understand the importance of self-actualization. And we got to find a way for you to reach your full potential. What's your gift? What do you like to do? We got to find out more about students so that we can teach to them and, and, and not necessarily teach them what, what we just think they need to know. How, how do you find your gift? I mean, we talk about, you know, find your gift and, you know, uh, realize your vision and you'll never have to work a day in your life. You know, the, wherever your passion lies. How does a young person find their gift? I, I heard... I was watching YouTube because I watch a lot of positive affirmations. And I heard somebody say, your gift is that thing that you can do the best with the least amount of effort. Some people are just naturally funny. Can you go back to when you were in school? There was always one person on the bus just could crack jokes all the way to school. Right? There was always one person. You probably yeah. can relate right? Absolutely. That person probably does not need to be focusing on culinary. You need to hone that gift. There was one kid, no matter what happened, you always wanted him on your football team. I'm picking him because he's the best in the neighborhood. That person needs to focus on football. I couldn't do what he did. I can't tell jokes like that. So your gift is that thing that you can do the best with the least amount of effort. And then you begin to focus on that and work on that and hone that. The you know One of the things, and I, I, I read a lot of... Um, uh, motivational, uh, positive spirit, uh, Oprah type, uh, da, you know, uh, uh, writings and, and to just keep myself grounded and focused. One of the things that they talk about often is the ability to visualize where you want to go. I mean, some, some, some people are just wondering, you know, where are they headed? They don't know they're going through because they've been told they have to go through. They're going matriculating through school because that's what they've been told they're, they're, they have to do. But how do we horn in on, you know, visualizing? I heard one person describe it as you really build up the sights, the sounds, the smells, those uh, sensations associated with your dream of the future and immerse yourself in that mental picture. But somehow you have to really visualize it to have a true embracing of what that dream is. Uh, how do you see visualization of your dream 
uh, of your dream personally, where you are today, how did you visualize that and what role did visualization play in the success you've enjoyed? So, and, and I'm gonna bring this up. You're actually right here in my book. Can you see it? Okay, yes. That topic says, inward conversations create outward reality. Absolutely. So, you're talking about self-talk and you're talking about, and I actually talk about the utilization of our imagination and it's, it's called visualization. So we, we utilize our imagination to envision a picture, right? Because when we, words are associated with pictures. So you have to be able to see a picture of where it is you want to be and who it is you want to become. What happened with me was in 1996, I started working with this company called American Communications Network, ACN. And basically what they did was they provided telecommunication services. But it taught me the importance of personal development. And I saw these young men, Sharp Brothers, coming out of Atlanta to Fort Lauderdale. And all they did was read books on personal development. Uh, they were on stage speaking, sharp, very articulate, plus they were making 40, 50, $60,000 a month. So that really got my attention. And in 1996, I was teaching. 1996, I bumped into a great friend of mine, Mr. Troy Grant, you, you know Grant. And he was involved in this opportunity as well. And he invited me to a meeting at his parents' home, uh, Mr. Tyler Grant, when he rest in peace, and Mr. Von Grant. And when I went to that meeting with him, a light went off and I caught the vision. I'm like, that's who I'm going to become. And it prepared me for this moment in time because I did that opportunity from 96 to 2000. That's when I first stepped on a stage. That's when I first started presenting. That's when I first started working on me, helping me become a better person. Because they said, if you want to get to the top, if you want your life to be better, you must become better. Life is directly proportional to your mindset and your actions because those create your reality. So whatever reality you want to create, you have to make sure that your actions and that your thoughts are aligned with that. So I began working on me. I began reading books, Jim Rohn. I began going to seminars, Tony Robbins, listening to Les Brown. Um, Zig Ziglar. Um, I've always been in tune with the spiritual component of my existence. So, you know, I was listening to T.D. Jakes, um, uh, Bishop Crippo uh, Dollar, uh, right here in Fort Lauderdale, I, I, I attending the Faith Center, Mount Olive, uh, Bishop Glover. So, I'm, you know, in Miami, Pastor Jackson. So, I've always kind of surrounded myself with content, individuals, and people that were actually my mentors and didn't even know it. So I caught a glimpse of who I was going to become back in 1996 when I joined ACN. After ACN, I started real estate. So I didn't make the money in ACN. I, I made the money in real estate, but I became the person in ACN. After real estate crash, now I look back and I say, wow, I'm, that, that's the picture. And from that point forward, I wrote my first book and I made a decision to continue to strive to become the best person that I could become. And that's the title of my new book, 22 Steps to Create a Better You in Order for You to Create a Better Life. And and, and that's, the, that's the book that, um, uh, is that the book that's gonna be released next month? Life is what you make it, volume Life, two. Okay, uh, and I was gonna mention that, which will be your third, third book. That's, that's very impressive. Um, one of the things that I often hear is in, in, in order to stay focused on your goal every day, take a moment to be grateful to some people say, write it down, write down two or three or four or five things you're grateful for from the small to the large. Um, and to have that gratitude, what role does gratitude play in staying on the journey towards realizing your best self. I think that is very important. Very, very important to have an attitude of gratitude. When, when you look, when I look at my life, I thank God daily for past, present, and future blessings. Because from where I came, you know, I, I think I've done very well for myself and not comparing to anybody other than myself. So I'm just grateful, not necessarily for the big things like you just mentioned, but some of the smallest things, me and my son, I picked him up from, from school yesterday. 
And he said, Dad, I want to go to Smitty's and get some wings. <laughs> cool. So we went to Smitty's, we got some wings, we chopped it up. You know, I, I was just so grateful for that moment. My other son, <clears throat> he had a basketball game last night in Vermont. So I'm watching him play basketball on TV. He's in Vermont. Man, I'm just so I'm like, I'm like, man, that's what's up. You know what I mean? So you mentioned it, brother. I'm just grateful, man, for family, for, for life itself, bro. Every day that we wake up on this side of dirt, it is truly a great day. And um, so I'm grateful for, you know, things from, from zero to infinity, bro. You know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, gratitude and, and, as you said, just being thankful for the blessings that God has bestowed upon us uh, puts us in such a positive frame of mind. Uh, it, 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 it leads to you coming into work, for example, or going into whatever the, the environment is you're entering, uh, at the beginning of your day in such a positive state, which allows for one of the other things that, uh, is often, uh, push and that's spread positivity to be kind. You know, I, 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 I just, I, I did a, Motivational moment yesterday, touching upon uh, uh, this that'll be released in the next um, uh, coming days. But kindness to individuals, kindness to strangers, let that positivity uh, exude from you uh, that that will keep you in a space that allows you to keep positive energy, which is what's needed to achieve your goals positivity how do you stay in that frame of mind of positivity because life is tough man i mean people get up and try their hardest to achieve a goal and boom something slaps them in the face knocks them down they get up again they're knocked down how do you tell me to stay positive when all i'm getting is 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 resistance listen that's a great question and that's, that's what builds resiliency. And if it's something that you truly want to accomplish, you're going to get knocked down. But if you fall down nine times, you get up 10. So you have to continuously stay focused on the goal, not necessarily on the obstacle. And what you tune into, you turn into. That, what, that's profound. What you tune into, you turn into. So once you figure out what you want to turn into, now it's your responsibility from a daily perspective to make sure that you tune into. So one of the things that I noticed is I came home, I hit the switch, and my light did not come on. So I went and hit another switch, and then another light came on. So I said, well, hold on. That means I have power, right? So I said, well, is the bulb blown? Check the bulb. Put in another lamp. No, the bulb's not blown. I have power. The ball's not blown. Ah, it's not plugged in. <laughs> stay lit up, my brother. You got to stay plugged to the source. So every day we have this thing called a cell phone in our hand. And it has so much power. Unfortunately, some of us are not utilizing it to stay lit up. We're utilizing it for entertainment. And that's cool. But you can utilize it to help you accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish. The television, the same thing. I watch more YouTube than just about anything because now I can program myself to stay lit up because I'm going out giving. Every day I'm giving, 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 giving. If I don't stay forced up, I can become depleted. So no matter what I'm doing, I'm watching information. I'm listening to information. I'm plugged in to things that are going to assist me in staying lit. So you just have to focus. You can't allow present distractions to prevent coming attraction. So sometimes people get distracted and take the eyes off the prize. You have to stay focused. F-O-C-U-S. Follow one course until successful. So until you get to that goal, you just have to stay plugged in and stay lit up. You constantly have to feed yourself. What you feed will grow. So you feed your faith, you starve your fear. You feed your fear, you starve your faith. So you got to constantly be feeding yourself that content, that information, those visual depictions that are going to feed you and give you fire. Plug yourself into individuals that will assist you with doing that same thing and have somebody to kind of hold you accountable. Everybody needs an accountability partner. So, hey, this, these are my goals. This is what I said I'm going to do. Hey, 
We're going to do it collectively together. Hey, okay, you said accountability part is very important. So it's, it's once, once again, it's multi-layered, but most importantly, what you tune into, you turn into. And once you understand what you want to turn into, it becomes your responsibility to tune into it, and that will help you get over the hump. Uh, you know, you had so many great nuggets in 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 those comments there. Um, uh, so often, people and, and and we're all human beings in general can have a desire, a goal uh, of what they want to achieve, but they're not willing. They're not tuned in, as you said. They're not plugged into the right source to help them get there. How do you give people encouragement to reach out to individuals they may not know, but they believe may be a source of mentorship, source of, of, of power, education? How, how did you do that? I found that to be important in my life, but I'm interested from your perspective as a professional in this space, how would you encourage people to not allow their shyness to create fear that they don't avail themselves of an individual or a source that could be critical to their success? Brother Pettis, you have a lot of great questions, and all of them are multi-layered. The bigger the goal, the bigger the boldness. So if you're going to the weight room, and I put two 10-pound plates on each side, that's lightweight. Right? That does not require a lot of what? Strength. If I put two Cadillacs on that side, two Cadillacs on that side, that's going to require more strength. Once you understand the size and the nature of your goal, then you're going to have to avail yourself or do what is necessary to accomplish. Right? So you're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to do things that you haven't done to create something that you've never got or never had. If we want things we've never achieve, we have to do the things that we've never done. So it's going to require you to do something different because you're trying to get something different. You have to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. There's a famous philosopher who said closed mouths don't get fed. So you have to open yourself up to really not necessarily look at it from a perspective of you getting something, but you becoming something. And it's going to require you to do those type of things to become the individual that you want to become. I learned so much information from just watching E.T., Eric Thomas. I learned so much information from watching T.D. Jakes. I learned so much information from watching Frederick Douglass Payne III. I, I learned so much information from watching Jim Rohn. I learned so much from Anthony Rock. So all of these people are plastered over my television. So what do I do? Now I get this content. I get this information. And then I might sit down with you and say, hey, man, what do you think about this? And now we have a powwow pertaining to this conversation. So we can play tennis and go back and forth because you might be plugged into a set of individuals that might differ from mine. But at the same time, we're able to sit across from each other and cross-pollinate. So it's just taking content, it's taking information, digesting it, and then having somebody like yourself who, who, who you respect, their opinion, their time, and having that dialogue pertaining to the information that you learn, just to make sure that it's consistent, you know, because if it makes sense to me, I think it will make sense to you as well. So it's just doing those things that, that are going to put you in the position that you want to be in. You have to look at it like this. If this is what I got to do to get there, then I got to do it. You might not be comfortable in doing it, and that's okay, because growth is all about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So, so you just do whatever it is you need to do to get your goal. Like you went to law school. They told you. You got to take all of these classes to get this degree. What did you say? Cool. I'm going to take these classes. I'm going to pass these classes because I want my degree. You weren't focused on the challenge. You focused on the goal. So whatever it is you wanted to do to get to that goal, that's what you wanted to do. And that's what you did. So it's the same premise. One of the uh, challenges that people have of all ages, youth, adults, throughout the course of some folks' life, is succumbing to negativity. Um, you know, people hear a voice. Uh, they can't do it. You know, uh, unfortunately, some kids are told they have a goal. You can't do that. It's too big. Um, uh, what encouragement, what words can you give people 
to quiet that voice of negativity so that they keep themselves believing that they can accomplish whatever their goal is. Oh, a few minutes ago, I said, feed your faith, starve your fear. You mentioned it, brother. You said you hear a voice. You, you, you plugged into the wrong voice. Unplug that voice and go and plug into the other source that's going to provide you with that content, that information to be able to keep you moving down a positive path. It's all, so what goes in must come out. So if you're hearing the wrong thing, that's because you're let, allowing the wrong thing in. Whether it come from your environment, television, whatever. It could come from a multitude of different ways. Sometimes you have to detach from those sources so that you no longer are hearing those voices and plug into the source that is going to be aligned with what you just said, positivity. If you sit back and wake up in the morning and you turn some positive music on, you turn on a positive uh, podcast, just keep feeding yourself and what you feed will grow. And before you know it, your taste for certain things are going to change. Very similar to if you go to Ruth Chris and eat a burger, it's going to taste very different from a burger that you might get from a traditional food chain, fast food. If you eat enough of Ruth Chris hamburgers, that taste of those other burgers over there is going to diminish because now you, you, you're you not accustomed to it. It doesn't taste the same. So once you begin to plug into other information, of other sources, that stuff doesn't sound good. So I don't want to even hear it. And you begin to detach from it. So it doesn't have the same impact because it's not going in. You touched upon this a few minutes back. Uh, in essence, uh, being kind to yourself, taking care of self, to keep self in a healthy state of being, if you will, to give you uh, the strength to, to uh, be successful. You know, one of the things that I was reading in preparation for our discussion was uh and you know it's to, to you're working so hard in pursuit of your goals don't allow yourself to get burned out uh people get burned out and again that's where they fall off the wagon fall off the path if you will when you're exhausted and feeling depleted uh one author wrote you vibrate at low frequency that makes it virtually uh hard to be successful you want to replenish yourself and 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 be in a, a a positive space, a happy space, reaching high, so that you're sending off high frequencies in your walk during the course of the day. Uh, how do you attend to yourself to keep yourself? You, you touched it. You say you give so much every day. You're you're just you're you're taking things out. Uh, how do you replenish and take care of yourself? Well, you just disappeared. Do you still see me? I, I still see you. I, I guess I don't know what happened. You disappeared on me. But to, oh, there you are. Okay. But to answer your question, it goes right back to the statement I, I made earlier. I stay plugged in. I'm always listening. I'm always watching that which is going to provide me with that high vibration, with that high frequency, so that I can make sure that I'm in a good space. Because if I'm not good as an individual, then I'm not going to be good to anybody else. So I have to always be plugged in. That's the only way to stay lit up. The sometimes uh, I've heard people indicate that um, behave as if you've achieved. Uh, see yourself where you want to be. Uh, uh, behaving like you've already got what you want, uh, and and that's that's an interesting perspective. Uh, for example, they said, if you want to lose weight, start buying clothes that are the size you want to become. Just believing that you're going to achieve that. Don't don't wait around and accept anything less. Buy the clothes the size you want and let that be a motivator for you to get there. Uh, act as if you've already achieved it. Um, uh, start behaving as though you're confident you're already there. How, how, how what what role do you think that plays in 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 and it's somewhat of the visualization the carrying out acting as if you've already achieved how does that play into our success everything that's everything there's a, a slogan you probably heard it and remember from back in the day uh fake it till you make it right yeah uh the Migos got a song that says walk it like i coffee right 
when I was playing Little League football, I always wore number 33. We played for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> What's his name? Tony Dorsett. So every time I touch the ball, Dorsett, I'm Dorsett. I'm Dorsett. <laughs> I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning what it's like to be on the football field, what it's like to be a professional football player. So, so I think that that's very important. When I was with ACN, I was at the lower level. They, they're called um, field coordinators. The people who were at the top, they were called RVPs, regional vice presidents. So every day I walked on stage as a field coordinator, I said to myself, I'm an RVP. I'm going to be an RVP. That's a part of that visualization. It is so necessary. See, without that picture for the future, you'll get stuck in the present and end up living in the past. Dr. A.R. Bernard said, a man who has no vision for his future shall soon return to his past. So what they do when you get out of jail, you go to the parole officer, they ask you about all of the people who you used to hang around. Where did you used to go? Some of the places you used to go all the time. Who, uh, who was your circle? What did you like to do? Why do they ask you these questions? Because they know if you don't have a vision for your future, you're going to go right back to the places that you were at before you got incarcerated. So we got to have a vision for your future, our future. We have to embrace who we want to become. That ties into that self-actualization that I was mentioning to you before. It's seeing, seeing your higher self, having a real eye, a realization of who you want to become. Every day we are becoming something. And there is something that is assisting us in becoming it or that is something that's preventing us from becoming it. So once you realize that you have a goal, I want to reach my full potential. I'm going to participate in what I call verification. Today, I will be better than I was yesterday. Today, I will be better than I was yesterday. And if every day I'm getting better, guess what? My life is getting better. I have to make sure that I understand T plus A equals R. My thoughts plus my actions create my reality. Now, the only way my reality will change is to change my actions. The only way my actions will change is to change my thoughts. So to change my thoughts, I might have to plug into a different source. I need to be able to visualize who I want to become and then strategically understand what it is that I need to do to become it. I have to take the necessary actions. Now, the root word to actions is act, A-C-T. Action changes things. If we don't act, things don't change. So in order for us to evolve and see how to go about becoming our best, our full potential, it is imperative that we have a picture and then we implement the necessary actions to create that picture or to get to that picture. Very important. You, you, you've mentioned a couple of things along the next tip that I, I, I've heard. You talk about, you look at a lot of YouTube of people uh, that help educate you, restore you, rejuvenate your, your, your drive, the Tony Robbins of the world and many, many others, Oprah Winfrey and some of the other names that you've shared. Uh, we also encourage individuals to read about success. You, you need to know, you, you need to appreciate it to keep the framework around your vision. Uh, it's some of these things are out there. A lot of it's, you know, you were talking about the cell phone and there's so much power in the cell phone. You could be at the light. I mean, I listen to Denzel Washington's, you know, speeches. Uh, I listen to, you know, uh, commencement speeches of, of great people. Bozeman's uh, commencement speech of one of the HBCUs. Uh, that type of information really energizes your spirit and your soul. Um, and, and I want people to know because you've touched it, but reading, exposing yourself through television media sources such as YouTube is such a good resource to keep yourself energized toward your goal. I mean, and, 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 and you've obviously, it's, that's played a huge role in your life because uh, you've touched upon it several times this morning. Huge. Uh, there's a, so, so Dennis Kimbrough has a book. My son, every day he eats breakfast. He reads Dennis Kimbrough, Daily Motivational Messages for African-American Success. Every day of the year for 365 days, he has a message. So my son, once he eats breakfast, he's a message. I asked him what was the message today. He said it was about excellence. 
I said, well, what, what, what did they say? What is excellent? He said, doing something common in a very uncommon way. I say, okay. <laughs> so you got the message. So if he continues and when he continues to feed himself, he's going to pick up on that vibration and that energy. So those are lifelong lessons that I've been feeling. There's another gentleman called Evan Carmichael, and he does a top 10. He has Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Oprah Winfrey, Eric Thomas, um, Bill Gates, you name it. Evan Carmichael, top 10. So on Saturday morning, that's what he does. Well, Evan Carmichael, top 10. We have individuals who are brilliant at our fingertips. So why not utilize their brain for our game? I love listening to individuals who have accomplished great feats. Because if I'm going to be great, I have to understand how great people think. There's a reason why Elon Musk is Elon Musk. There's a reason why Bill Gates is Bill Gates. There's a reason why Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett. It's what they know that differentiates them from everybody else. I got an acronym in my book called I AM. Information plus application equals manifestation. So information is what we know, application is what we do, manifestation is what we get. But we can't get what we don't do and we can't do what we don't, don't know. So information is so important. But information without application is actually fascination. So just because you know, that's, that's fascination. You know, a lot of people say, I know, but hey, but the Bible says you got to be a doer. You know, you got to do what you know, and then you'll create a result. So, so we get that information, and then we do the application, and then we can get the manifestation. So, but the information is the starting point, and the application is really where the rubber meets the road. So once again, man, this, this life is like a bag of skills, bro. It, it's arranged with so many colors. You just got to get a little bit of everything, man, to create your bag. Uh one of the things, Brother Hodge, is, is you know, we're a generation uh, now. Uh, everything's instant. You know, you can go buy 90-second rice uh, and have rice on your table. You know, you got meals that you can make. You have, uh, I remember as a kid, you would have to go to the library and go through the card catalog system and find the book and walk around the library to that section. And if the book's out, the book's out. You got to come back another day. Uh, now everything's on my iPhone. I mean, I, there's no question um, that 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 you can't get an answer to instantly uh, through through just asking Siri on the iPhone or whatever your source may be. Uh, so our brains have now gotten to such instant, you know, everything's instant. But some of the goals don't come instantly. Uh, you mentioned Bill Gates, you, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, uh, you go through Bezos. Those people had many failures before you saw them in the light that they now are standing. Uh, patience. Tell me about patience. You've been on this journey for how many years and you're, 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 you're very successful now, but you had to be patient because it probably didn't come as quickly as you wanted. It definitely did not. I started this this journey with speaking and writing in 2009. But I'm going to tell you, Brother Pettis, one thing that taught me a lot of patience was building houses. Oh, oh. so much patience was learned just from submitting the application to get a building permit with the plans. The plans had to be corrected. You take it back to the architect. He has to make his adjustment. You go back to the building department and you wait. He didn't do what he needed to do. You take it back to the architect. He goes back to the building department and you wait. It might have been four months before we got a permit. <laughs> Let's do nothing. Patience. And then once you dig the footer, now you call in for an inspection. You wait. It wasn't done right. You got to call back the general contractor. He has to call us up. Come back and fix this. He come back and fix it. You call it back in and you wait. I mean, that process, brother, from step to step to step, it's, it taught me so much patience. And it actually prepared me to be able to handle the challenges that comes with starting with an idea and turning it into a reality without necessarily having a blueprint or a syllabus. When you have an idea, right? You have to turn that idea into reality. So you create your own plan. Now, it might not work. 
but you have to make the necessary adjustment when you find yourself needing to adjust. But that, but that, that teaches you patience. It's so important. Some things are not going to happen instantaneously, like you just mentioned. Success for some people, they may be a YouTuber or an influencer, and they may blow up in 60 days. But most of the people who have achieved long-term success, they've been in the dark before we saw them solving the light. So we have to understand that it's a process. And then there are certain things that we don't want to happen instantaneously because there are certain lessons that we need to learn pertaining to that next level. I did a workshop yesterday and I called it the elevator for life, right? This elevator can go as high as you want to take. But if you just stand in front of that elevator and if you don't push the button, those doors are not going to open. Now, once you get inside the elevator, you have numerous numbers. What floor do you want to go on? You want to go to floor 90? Okay, but guess what? We're on floor one now. If you got to get to two before you can get to three, you got to get to three. And those those levels are actually lessons to prepare you for 90 because you don't want to get to 90 and miss the lessons between 90 and one because you're not going to stay at 90 because you missed a lot of information. You missed a lot of hard times. You missed a lot of relationships. You missed a lot of trials and tests. Actually, those things are what prepare you to get to that next level. So I no longer look at um, challenges and obstacles as a problem. I look at them as preparation for me to get to where I want to be. They make me stronger. They make me wiser. They make me better. So I don't ask God to remove my problems. I ask God to help me be strong enough to overcome the problems that I'm facing because it's actually preparation for that next level. You cannot have elevation without preparation because it's the preparation that's what's going to keep you there. So true. And, and and as you were speaking about the waiting uh, when you were building homes, waiting doesn't mean you're not occupied doing something else. You know, when you're in the waiting mode, that's a chance where you can study more and prepare more, prepare for the next phase. And the, the next time you have the next, as you said, your inspection for the, the footers, it, you, 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 you can use that downtime to prepare for the next level. Uh, we need not become impatient uh, because we're stuck at the red light of life. We can use that time to strengthen ourselves, as you eloquently stated, for you know, bettering and strengthening yourself and informing yourself in ways that will help you achieve your goal. And that's the behind the scenes part of success that people miss. They see what's present it, but they don't appreciate the gazillion hours that you spent to produce that that performance. I think it was something Blackwell, he wrote a book called The Outliers, and he talked about it takes 10,000 hours to become a subject matter expert in something, a uh, particular topic, a particular genre. And that's what I'm talking about. And I mentioned that earlier. We see the people once they come to the tele television but we don't see the hours that they spent shooting in the gym. So that's actually what's going to get you there. If you don't take the time to prepare, then you're not going to be able to stand out in comparison to the rest of the people in the population, general population. So that that and you're right, patience does not mean that you're not doing anything. Patience means I need to continue to do whatever I need to do while this is taking place. Because there's some things that are carnal. With that, with, that are within my control, that are some things that are spiritual, that are within God's control, that are some things that are in the building department's control. So I can't control the building department. I can't control God. The only person I can control is me. So I try to make sure that my actions are always aligned with the end goal. The, uh, we I touched upon the in the opening, how uh, in the month of January, so many individuals have goals. And studies show that some of them by by the end of the month uh some 30 plus days later have already fallen off given up for this year you know and they'll go through that rotation of and pattern of failure time and time again what advice do you have uh to get people back on track who's who have fallen off of the path to their dream their goals in the present What's the guy's name? Um, he wrote The Time Is Now. Great book. Stay in the present. Don't look at it for, from a year perspective. 
Look at it from today. Start with today. Today, this is what I will do. And just take one day at a time. And I think that's what happens sometimes. We, we try to bite off so much. I know you're probably familiar with the slogan, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? And that's the same way that I would encourage individuals to be able to not just deal with their yearly goals, but deal with the daily goals. So when you go to bed, I normally write down the top seven things that I'm going to accomplish that next day, right? Working out, calling so-and-so, making sure I do top seven that I must do. So that's what I would encourage individuals to do. Tonight, tonight you go to bed, go to bed tonight, write down seven things that you're going to do. If working out is one of them, put that on your list. Call me some, put that on your list. And just kind of deal with one day at a time. And I think that will kind of ease it. Because sometimes, I mean, a kid, I ask the kid, what do you want to be? He says, I want to be a millionaire. I say, cool, millionaire good. But start out with 5000 You know, have you made $5,000 first? He said, no. Okay, well, set a small goal. So that's a big goal. Then you might have mid-range goals, but now you got to have smaller goals. I asked him, have you made 2000 No. Okay, have you made 1000 Yeah, I made 1000 Okay, no, set a goal. Well, this month, I'm going to try to do 3000 But just don't go to, to million because that's a long way. That's a big gap. And then it's, it's very easy to get discouraged because it's not just, you know, like you're going to the store and just buying a, a, a jug of orange juice. Everybody just can't become a millionaire like that. So set smaller monetary goals that are achievable. Um, be happy about the successes, the small successes that you create. And just take it one day, one step at a time. I was reading a Tony Robbins uh, matter, and he was talking about connect with your purpose. And he often said that people are not lazy. They simply have impotent goals. That is goals that do not inspire them. Um, you're inspired. I, 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 the energy, every time I meet you, you're inspired, uh, passionate, found your groove, for lack of a better word. Uh, it's so important for us to be in our space. When I was, uh, and I, I put this in speeches many times before, when I went to University of Florida, my brother had just come out of dental school and I wanted to be a dentist. I took two years of chemistry, two years of calculus, and it realized that wasn't where I wanted to be. I then somehow ended up in environmental engineering and law, saying I'm going to be an environmental lawyer. I have no clue to this day how I found that environment because it wasn't in my group. It wasn't in my space. I then said, I want to go to law school and be a litigator. Boom. Everything became a little easier. I was more interested in everything that I was exposed to. All my classes, I was interested. And pursuing that goal of becoming a lawyer was a lot more natural because it was within my passion zone. Um, we have to find uh, what inspires us, what creates that passion and that desire, because that's where you're going to be your best you. Do you agree with that? agree with you wholeheartedly. So listen, I was at Seagull School yesterday uh, about 50 kids on leadership. I showed them the picture of self-actualization, starting from your lower self and getting to your higher self. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to open up a little bit more. So I took them back to when I was playing Little League Baseball, right? That didn't work out. Then I played Little League Football, right? That didn't work out. Then I played basketball, right? That didn't work out. Then I played, I had a singing group, right? So by the time I was 16, I had trophies in baseball, football, basketball, track, and even bowling. <laughs> so, so, so I asked them, what am I showing you? So on that road to reaching your full potential, there is steps, right? And you have to be willing to try to win. Because if you don't try, you're not playing. And if you're not playing, you can't win. What you just said to me a few minutes ago, uh, Brother Pettis, is that you tried this and it didn't work. You tried this and it didn't work. You tried this and it worked. Had you not tried it, you would not have found it. So important. There's a game we used to play when we were kids. What is it called, my brother? One person is on the tree and he counts the 10. Oh, hi, go see. 
That's it. It's hiding. Your purpose, your, it's hiding. You have to go seek it. And, you, and, and if you seek it, you shall find it. But a lot of people, they want to find it without seeking. And it don't work like that. And, and on that path, that seeking path, oh man, it's going to be trials. It's going to be tribulations. You're going to get upset. You're going to be lost. I mean, it's going to be a multitude of different things to try to prevent you from finding it. But once you find it and found it, you got it. And now it's yours. And it's like, man, I got it. I ain't letting this go. And just like you said, once you find it, man, it's like it's so refreshing to do something you love. And I told the kids that too. I said, look, find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Man, I go around to schools to educate, to motivate, to inspire, to entertain the kids. I love it. I, I, I couldn't see my, even if I, like I had, a, I had a guy, I said, man, if you hit lotto tomorrow, you're going back to work. He's like, no, man, I ain't going to work. I said, if I hit lotto, I'm going to still do what I do because it's not about money. I love it. You know, the people who sing in the choir, you know why they sing in the choir? Because they, they love, love singing. <laughs> so the people who go to the basketball, like every now and then I go to the basketball court. I see a 50, 60 year old guy out there. I said, man, you still playing ball? He said, man, I love it. So it's like, man, that's the problem. People are doing things they don't love. And that's why it's hard to find the, the success in it. I'll never forget Bishop Dale Bronner. He said something. He said, your career is what you're paid for. Your purpose is what you are made for. So I took it a step further. I said, okay, if your career is what you're paid for, your purpose is what you're made for, then the goal is to be able to align your career with your purpose so you can get paid for what you're made for. And a lot of people aren't working in, on purpose. They got a career, but Monday morning, man, I got to go to work. You know, I don't say that. I, I like, I love what I do, man. So you got to find it. You got to seek it. And I believe if you seek, you'll find I could talk to you all day, Brother Hodge, about this. It's, the energy that you exude, obviously, uh, you're you're in your space of passion. Uh, you have found it, and you're being a blessing uh, to others. You'll never know uh, the number of students, the number of adults that have heard your voice and heard your your comments that have been lifted to higher ground. Uh, I truly believe that. Uh, tell us again, what's the what's your book that's coming out on February first? Life is what you make it. Ball Life is what you make it. I can. Uh, I can attest. I can attest to all of the books. Uh, the three books you've written thus far have tidbits in there, nuggets, as I like to call them, uh, that we can learn from, incorporate, and live by. Uh, mm -hmm. I am so proud of you. I am so proud that you embody uh, the stick-to-itiveness that's necessary for success. It wasn't always easy. But you always kept your eye on your goal, and 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 you have gotten uh, the, the taste of success. I I pray that you continue to be blessed, my brother. Uh, thank you so much for uh, stimulating me as well as those that are going to listen to to this podcast. Um, they're going to be blessed and and enriched. Yes, and the, the difference between the first life is what you're making in this one is see right there, new music alert. Okay. Download the music from the QR code that's in the book because CDs and DVDs have pretty much become obsolete. So I had to repackage and rebrand and say, you know what? Scan this barcode and you'll be able to download all of the songs to your phone. Okay. And the DVDs are, are really not, not in style anymore. So, and that's another thing as time progresses, we have to be able to progress with the time. Or we get left behind and sometimes we can get in front of the curve and create the trend versus being a part of the trend so i'm just excited about the book i'm excited about the music because in my opinion music leaves an indelible impression upon the soul and it's just another way to provide some some positive content to be able to allow people to really enjoy it you know i, I think i believe life and death in the power of the tongue so i don't take words lightly Words are energy, energy, vibrations, frequency, and words can build you up or words can tear you down. So I'm going to utilize my words to be able to encourage people to always understand the importance of self-actualization, which is realizing your full potential. And every day that you have an opportunity to grace this earth, 
Never take your eye off of who you can become while you're simultaneously working every day to become it. And I got a song in there, Brother Pettis. It's called Prove to Myself, right? And it says, there's a lot of things that I got to prove to myself. I got to keep the 1K, stay true to myself. I don't know about you. I got rules to myself. And I'm too intelligent to be a fool to myself. Now, you think I ain't cool? I'm cool to myself. But my flow's so sick, so I juice for my health. Life's what you make it, so I'm choosing the wealth. And do it without losing myself. I got something to prove. Mr. Hard, got something to prove to myself. So I'll be the best I can be. Mr. Hard's got to prove it. God-given talent, Mr. Hard's got to use it. Because if I don't use it, I lose it. Confident, not arrogant. Please don't confuse it. Oh, I'm gifted in my element. My purpose and my passion is keeping me relevant. You want the truth? I'm telling it. I don't buy things just because people selling it. And I ain't focused on the next, man, because I'm focused on my plan and what I need to do next, man. To the nonsense, I'm deaf, man. And if you ain't talking right, then I'm stepping to my left, man. And I'm going to be my own best man. Because my testimony is the real reason for the test, man. To get better, I invest, man. And I got my own company because I ain't a yes man. <laughs> we'll end on that note, my brother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for giving me your time and sharing and spreading your light. Uh, be blessed. Thank you. The law firm of Hallitzer, Pettis & Schwamm is a proud sponsor of the Can We Talk 360 podcast. Our firm handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, catastrophic personal injury litigation, and workers' compensation matters. We pride ourselves in being advocates for justice on behalf of those who have been seriously injured. For decades, we've taken the lead in making your case our priority. It's who we are. It's who we'll always be. Hallitzer, Pettis & Schwamm. Serious injuries, proven results. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Can We Talk 360? I sincerely hope that you are inspired to seize this moment in time and take real action towards change. Remember, all change begins with a conversation. Be sure to tune in every month for more fascinating discussions and motivational food for the soul. Please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Can We Talk 360 and visit us on the web at www.canwetalk360.com. <laughs>